0: Stories matter. Many stories matter. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign. But stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity of a people. But stories can also repair that broken dignity. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, Nigeria
1: Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show. Hosted by Neville DeAngelou, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkey, A PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am
0: Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! If indeed, as we established in our previous session, writers are surgeons of the mind. And if the story is our satchel, our bag of surgical instruments scalpels, lancets, rasps, refractors, clamps, graspers, forceps. Does the good surgeon the worthy surgeon have a duty, an obligation, a commitment to hold fast to? Welcome to our third session of this season's Authors Rug Table. Through the series, we're privileged to have writers from around the globe across many genres. Best-selling authors, emerging and established authors. Authors from publishing houses large and small. The beautiful people. Seated at our virtual table today is one of our most popular bloggers. Not only one of my favorite writers, She is one of my favorite people in the world, even though we've never met face-to-face. She's one of these magical surgeons who keeps me in stitches. A year ago, I promised you all I will have her on the journey, and she was ready to come. But something happened. Today, she is here. Pull up a chair. The meal is served. Partake freely. My name is Neville. You're on the journey, and you're about to meet Susie Lindau and her boob report. Yes, that's what I said. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books – A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Welcome to our Suzy show, Suzy Lindau. Raised in the land of happy people, Wisconsin, then transplanted in Boulder, Colorado, the place of the ski people, a remarkable story, that comes another day, where she flourishes alongside her husband of 26 years and two children, a son and a daughter. Her passions include family, skiing, tennis, writing, art, photography. In fact, anything that would take her outdoors to enjoy every bit of the 300 sunny days nature gives to Colorado each and every year. She assures me they get exactly 300 days of pure sun. Susie is a very popular blogger, as I said. Her blog is entitled Susie Lindau's Wild Ride at susielindau.com, on which she also hosts every month virtual parties called Use Me and Abuse Me Day where bloggers can meet each other and where readers are welcome to post a link to their own blogs in her comment section and then mingle with the guests. It is a great place, she says, to meet up and pick up a few hot new subscribers. Susie just finished her first novel. In fact, she's here upon returning from a writer's conference. Her novel is a paranormal thriller with, as she puts it, a little romance thrown in for fun. It is set in the south of France. If you want to really know what's creepy, the apparitions and premonitions in her story are based on her personal experiences. Susie, welcome. Since our previous interchange, something happened between your coming and your arrival. Can you share?
1: Well, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, seven. Well, gee, a year ago, and it's been seven months since my reconstruction surgery. When I uh, got my new silicone sisters, and I'm all bionic now, so I um, I had some issues with the girls. I mean, honestly, like there, it's great to have boobs. I, I didn't want to have re, uh to to just be sewn up again and be flat chested. There's a lot of women out there. Mm -hmm. God bless them, that that don't opt for this reconstruction surgery, that I decided it was right for me. Um, But there were some issues I had, and I felt like I needed to get it out there. And uh, so I wrote an open letter to my booth. Dear Bionic Booth, I know you've been adjusting to your new dig since the reconstruction surgery seven months ago. I've protected you from wild elbows supported you with a bra, and exercised you by smushing you girls together, doctor's orders. You seem happy enough and pretty perky. I do have some concerns. One night, I looked down, and you had wandered off to the sides of my chest. You left four inches between you two. I almost had a heart attack. I thought I'd torn something while vacuuming for the first time. As you know, I've started wearing a sports bra to bed to corral you at night so I don't wake up and freak out. I wish you girls would stick together. Although you're shaped like hamburger buns and aren't huge by any means, you weigh more than my old boobs. In fact, you're a little on the hefty side. (laughs) The doctor suggested some exercises to build muscles in my back to keep from hunching over. I thought I'd never need to wear a bra again, but apparently some of your sisters have say. I've been instructed to wear one when I'm active. Bummer, you're a little wrinkly when you're just hanging out, but I refuse to get a fat transfer, you'll have to get used to that. You look totally fake, and I'm sure some people will stare and roll their eyes this summer. They'll think I had a boob job, but I can always wear this T-shirt. The T-shirt is a a tank top, and on it says, Hell yes, they're fake. The real ones tried to kill me. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to...
1: Um, I have noticed some very positive attributes since your arrival. During ski season, your sacks of silicone acted like hot water bottles and kept me warm. I don't know how that will translate during the summer. I plan to open the freezer door in the grocery store to cool you down before hitting the hot asphalt parking lot. You may work like refrigeration units. My doctor informed me I wouldn't play tennis like before my double mastectomy. But since I've been back, I've played better. It must be the new ballast your weight provides when using centrifugal force as I swing through the ball. You seem to put more velocity into every shot. When wearing a bra, you do rise to the occasion and give me pretty nice cleavage. I can't complain about that. I'm sure we are still adapting to this new arrangement. You probably don't like it when I roll onto my stomach. I felt a twinge of pain the last time. It gives me hope my nerves are waking up and you girls won't continue to be numb. I may never get used to the constant feeling of plastic sacks under my pectoral muscle, but I'm glad I opted for reconstruction. Even though you're not what I expected, you're growing on me. Sincerely, your host, Susie Lindau. <laughs> Susie. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> no,
2: thank
1: you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you take us through the process um, uh, You know, from the moment of your discovery Sure.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, I went in for a routine um, uh, mammogram uh, last April, five days after my birthday. And I, th- I thought I was just checking another thing off my list. And when I got home, um, this, this uh, receptionist called me. Her name was Evelyn, which is important in this story. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she was freaking out was like, I can't believe they let you go home. You need to come back immediately and, and get a, an ultrasound. And so I just lost it. You know, I, I'm an organic person. Um, I've been organic for, you know, a very, very long time. I've always bought organic cleaning products. I'm kind of a Boulder granola. Mm. And um, I've been here for 26 years. Um, and, uh, you know, we built a greenhouse. Like, I, I know the dangers of cancer. I just never believed I, that I would ever have to face anything like this. Um, so anyway, this Evelyn got another Evelyn on the phone at another center because they wanted me in so fast, and they rearranged other people's schedules within that hour and a half um, when I was on this phone with the two Evelyn's on either ear, mm-hmm. and they rearranged everybody so that I could get in the next day. And, um, and, and, and while I was on the phone, I probably ran, I don't know, three miles in my house, because mm-hmm. I, um, well, walked. <laughs> I just walked upstairs and downstairs, and upstairs and downstairs. And I was just, you know, that was my way of handling it. I was freaking out. So anyway... Um, I you know, I guess they were telling me that I hadn't been in for um, a mammogram for three years which wasn't true at the time but I didn't find that out until the next day. Um, I couldn't believe that I had waited three years. It was actually two which mm-hmm. is what they're recommending now. I am not recommending that. I am recommending that all women you know, over I don't know what age, whatever they start telling you to go in for a, a mammogram to go in every year. And, um, so, um, looking back, if I had, I had skipped the year before, um, if I had gone the year before and skipped last year, Mm. I would have been stage three or four this year. Wow. Yeah, because I had lobular cancer, which is, um, it's a a rare form of cancer, and it, um, uh, it's uh, it's it's something that grows um, more like a, a long and skinny, hmm. and it doesn't show up like the ductal cancers. It's like I'm one in 500 uh, uh, people that that get diagnosed from of breast cancer. The other 499 get ductal cancers, from my understanding. And so um, yeah, it it was it was pretty crazy. And but you know, as much as I freaked out, I went. Um, I went up and uh, I took a shower, I calmed myself down, and then I started to laugh. Mm-hmm. Because I had been thinking, you know, my, I absolutely, this is so bizarre, okay, with this is just how my brain works. I just kept having this thought, like, oh my God, I'm going to go through this horrible process, how am I going to continue my humor blog? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all people would be like, oh, am I going to live this? for Christmas, which, you know, did cross my mind, but I, I you know, I, I was think about it. On my blog, I was kind of at the top of my game, and I was getting a lot of comments and a lot of follows and stuff, and I thought, oh, man, this is going to just suck, because people are going to want to hear about breast cancer. I don't want to hear about <laughs> breast cancer. And, and so um, I got in the shower, and then I thought of this funny vision just popped into my head, and it was... Um, I, I I pictured myself, you know, with two potted plants in front of my boobs, naked from the waist up, with these two potted plants completely yes. covering up my boobs. And, you know, kind of looking skyward like, What? <laughs> and um and that would be my image for the boob report. Right. So then. And honest to God, once I thought of that, I just started laughing and I thought, Oh, this could be great You know. And so it, <laughs> I was making a, a negative situation into a positive, you know, within a few hours of discovering that something was wrong, and I didn't even know if I, you know, if they had made a mistake or not. You know, I kept thinking, "Oh, I'm sure it's just a mistake anyway." Well, um, from then, then I found out that um, yes, it, it was, you know, they 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 did a um, a biopsy and they sent it out to Mayo Clinic and they found out yes, it was breast cancer, which was devastating um funny thing is that it happened right at the time of the boston marathon bombings last year Mm. um i believe that was the 17th and that was kind of in the midst of this process i went in for my um, mammogram on the 16th and honestly it just put everything in perspective Mm. anytime i started to feel sorry for myself i'd be like come on steer your boobs Mm. like You can live without boobs. And these people lost their arms. They lost their legs. They lost their lives. They lost their children. And, you know, it really put in perspective, you know, what I was going to be going through. And I knew it was going to be hard. And it wasn't something I planned. Nobody plans to go through horrible things in their life. Mm -hmm. But I knew it was also an opportunity, you know, for me to grow. Like all adversity is. And so, you know, I just kind of, every time I would start to go down this hole, mm-hmm. I would remind myself of that and how lucky I was that it was only my my boobs, which weren't that great anyway. And if I was <laughs> going to get new boobs, it would probably be a big improvement. So anyway, from there, it went from, okay, you know, we've been telling you, you can have a lumpectomy, but uh, now we're suspicious that... There may be other little spots in that breast, in your one breast, and um, so we may have to take the whole breast. So I remember walking through the house one day, and it was, you know, just getting nice outside, and and I talked to Danny, and, you know, I kept looking around the house, and everywhere I have pairs of everything. Like, I'm just one of those people. You know, I have a pair of candlesticks, and I have, you know, bookends, and I have all these things, and I go, you know, Danny, I kind of want a match set. Like, I don't think I could have one really saggy boob that's, you know, that, that's all wrinkled up and gets really old and, and droops way down in my belly button. And then I got this perky, ready-to-go, you know, boob that's, you know, ready to party at any time. And it's going to be so weird for me to look at. I think I want to get rid of both of them. Mm. And he he just was, and Danny's my husband, of course. Mm. He said, um, oh, whatever you want to do, I'm behind you 100%. Yes, love so, I um, I went ahead and um, uh, discussed this with uh, my doctor, and he said, "Well, um, having a double mastectomy reduces your chances for recurrence. And I was like, "I'm in." So <laughs> at the same time, I'm thinking, "What the heck? How is it that with all the boob jobs in the in the seventies, eighties, nineties, not one sex symbol has ever gotten?" Uh, breast cancer or anything or ever come in, and I was like I need someone and even if they've never had a breast augmentation I I was really feeling sad that there wasn't one person out there, one woman who had gone through this process who was still considered sexy and, and because I didn't know how I was going to feel about my body afterwards and that was a little bit of a concern for me and then the next day, I mean, like this was just so weird how this all kind of happened. But the very next day, Angelina Jolie came, went public with her double mastectomy. And I literally, literally, I am not making this up, fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. I literally hit the floor mm-hmm. and started crying. Mm-hmm. It was it was so huge to me that, that she, out of all people, had, had elected to go through this process. And whatever fear, whatever little thing I had, mm-hmm. you know, after that first week was gone. Mm. It was just gone. I was like, oh, I can totally do this. I'm really strong. I'm in great shape. I never even got sick last winter, and I was fighting breast cancer. You know, and I was probably fighting breast cancer for four years because mine was slow-growing, which really is kind of creepy. But um, anyway, um, from there, um, that's when I had uh, the picture taken out in my backyard. It's on my blog now, and I I have – I lined up these two little pink hearts that are on the on the um, little daisies on the uh, pot, right. and I lined up the the pink hearts with where my nipples would be right behind it, so it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then, um, uh, but the interesting thing about that is my daughter said, "You know, Mom, if you're going to go get this picture taken, then you have to put band-aids on your nipples, or you're going to get arrested in your backyard." <laughs> you know, I have all these neighbors that would be looking in and going, "What is she doing?" <laughs> And so I had I put nipples, I put band-aids over them, went in the backyard, and then Danny went and attempted to take pictures. Well, Danny is not a photographer. <laughs> it just took a while. And pretty soon I'm like, for God's sake, take the picture. You know, like somebody's going to see me out here. Well, and I think my neighbor did catch a glimpse because he had me back up, back up, back up until I was beyond the house, and I look out to the street, and my neighbor's walking his dog, and he's looking at me. He's going, oh, geez, what are they doing in their backyard? And um, uh, he was gracious enough not to bring that up at Christmas, and I forgot about it, or I would have certainly explained. But anyway, um, no, so um, the interesting thing about it was that I came inside, with these big band-aids on my nipples and walked in and looked in a mirror and um, and saw what my breasts were going to look like without nipples. Mm. And I have been told that, and most people don't know this, that um, uh, if you have breast cancer, it's very likely if you go through, it, and I think it's probably almost all the time, if you go through a double mastectomy, you will lose your nipples. Mm. And... and um, you know what? It was really crazy. I looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I love these kind of alien-looking boots. <laughs> you know? Like, i would be totally, totally honest. I I, I I, I, just kind of liked the look of it, you know? Because my nipples were kind of dark and everything. And I could never wear, you know, I'd always have to cover everything up, and I've been wearing bras and all and so um, it kind of got me over my fear, kind of, of what that was going to look like. And maybe that's why, after I went through the surgery and looked at my Frankenstein, like, stapled chest, mm-hmm. it didn't freak... You know, I knew I was going to have... You know, it was going to be black and blue and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't it didn't um, shock me to not see them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of an interesting... Um, side effect or, you know, something that I benefited from doing. But, um, yeah, from there, um, you know, I, I, uh, I went ahead and, you know, we, the doctors expedited my, my surgeries. We were going to go to um, Europe over the summer. Mm-hmm. And so they got me in, this was, I, I don't know, I think I, well, I got in May 31st. Um, and um, And it had to be coordinated with a reconstruction surgeon. So the surgeon, does his thing and then passes me or he, they pass off, I don't know, whatever, to each other. The other surgeon comes in and then what they do is they open up my, um, they get behind my my muscles, my chest wall muscles, mm-hmm. chest wall muscles I'm assuming, and they um, my reconstruction doctor um, used what they called an expander and he flipped it behind my chest wall and then he put just a little bit of saline in it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, what and then they, you know, stitched me all back up and um and then I was on the good drugs for, you know, three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got off those as soon as possible. Um, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to control pain really well with Tylenol um after those first few days.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um and really the the worst thing was getting in and out of bed and not using my arms. I I didn't realize how much you need your arms.
0: You are listening to Susie Lindau at the Authors Roundtable, our Susie show. She has more, but first, a word for the guys as well as the gals. Just published by Audible.com, by iTunes, and by Amazon.com, our newest audiobook, The Hunks I Dreamed, a breed beyond the hero. It is a great lesson for all, especially so, though, for fathers and sons, especially for those fathering sons, especially so for fatherless sons, the hunks I dreamed, a breed beyond the hero. All around us there are large pockets of fathers and sons and mothers and sons, disconnected, Quite often, each is doing their utmost to find that reconnection point, but just somehow are not quite able to find it and keep it. Or they're so frustrated at not being able to get a good connection, a solid connection, they've abandoned all efforts. Then see the hunks I dreamed, a breed beyond the hero. Check it out. Oh, and there is much more. If you're a tennis player... If you're a sports enthusiast, if you're still breathing, see The Hunks I Dreamed by yours truly, Neville D'Angelo. Do you prefer to read it rather than to listen to it? You'll find this newest edition on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. The Hunks I Dreamed, A Breed Beyond the Hero, A Father-Son Love Story a mother-son love story, and much more. Here again is our guest, Susie Lindau, to tell us about the nature of some of the very remarkable people we have in this world.
1: The doctors expedited my, my surgeries. We were going to go to um, Europe over the summer, Mm-hmm. And so they got me in, this was, I, I don't know, I think I, well, I got in May 31st um, and, um, and it had to be coordinated with a reconstruction surgeon. So the surgeon does his thing and then passes me or he, they pass off, I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. to each other. The other surgeon comes in and then what they do is they open up my, um, they get behind my, my muscles, my chest wall muscles, mm-hmm. muscles I'm assuming, and they um, my reconstruction doctor, um, used what they called an expander, and he slipped it behind my chest wall. and then he put just a little bit of saline in it. Mm. and then um, what and then they you know stitched me all back up and um, and then I was on the good drugs for you know three or four days. <laughs> um, I, I got off those as soon as possible, um, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to control pain really well with Tylenol um, after those first few days. Mm-hmm. And um, and really, the, the worst thing was getting in and out of bed and not using my arms. I didn't realize how much you use your arms. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, so um, they, they, um, the, uh, they had sent out this tissue sample And this is the really, really crazy thing. And this is how I'm all related to blogging. So when I blogged about this initially, one of these people, and this is how life works. Because we were just talking about this lady before we did this interview, Neville. Mm -hmm. And the lady who happened, the lady that you happen to see on Twitter Mm -hmm. is the very same lady. And her name is Brickhouse Chick. I will give her a plug. Mm -hmm. She, uh... She organized 47, 48, almost 50 bloggers and before my surgery. And she came up with the hashtag Susie Strong for Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they all wrote, you know, super funny because I'm a funny person. You know, they weren't all like, like you know, serious. And, and there were a few very poignant ones that I just cried when I read. And some were, really, well, all of them were just, you know, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. 47 or 48 of these went out the day of my surgery. Mm. So, honestly, like, I know this was going on. Mm. I woke up, like, I slept well the night before. I thought I wouldn't get any sleep. I mean, it's major surgery. I know it's going to be really painful. I, um, I wake up. I feel like I'm going to the spa. I'm like high-fiving the doctors. I'm telling them about my boob report. I'm telling them about my friend Karen who who did this great party for me. It was a boob send-off party. And, and my friend made these, um, these individual nipple and um, boob uh, cupcakes. Mm. And um, oh my gosh, and I wore a bra on the outside of my dress. <laughs> um, you know, and we had a, a great time. Another one of my friends... Um, did this whole game with you know match the boobs, men's boobs, women's boobs. <laughs> I mean, it was really fun. And so you know, I I gone into this with this good, you know, um, positive feeling, and it and it's a very serious surgery. Mm. But at the same time, I've always known that women, one out of three women will die of heart disease. Mm. Most women do not die of breast cancer. Not anymore. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disfiguring disease. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, you know, and there are people who do die of it, but it's not anything like heart disease. And so I kind of knew that, and I knew that once they put me in the stage one, after that surgery, um, okay, getting back to my story, when, when they did the original biopsy, I came in at 26% um, for recurrence which is really kind of scary because that would have meant that I would need radiation. Mm. But I think a little miracle happened, and and nobody's going to be able to ever tell me anything different. After the same exact tissue, you know, from the same exact boob, that was sent off to the same Mayo Clinic. It came back after, you know, all those people wrote for prayers and for positive energy for my surgery, and it got reblogged, and it went out to... Tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it even got in um, people's uh, prayer chains at churches and things like that that I had never met. And um, my uh, Oncotype is what it's called. Um, percentile for recurrence dropped to 13,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is crazy. And that's the power of blogging. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I, I really think that there were a lot of healing thoughts there. I don't know what happened, but that's a pretty... Drastic change. Yes. So that meant no radiation, no chemotherapy. Stage one. I take a pill, tamoxifen, once a day, um, and I'm good to go. So there were these. Um, uh, so I know this is getting a little long, but no, so the, no. um, the um, first surgery, they don't allow you to use your arms really for eight weeks, and and. You know, you can, do, you can start to do a few things after four weeks. That's kind of your cough. But I went, we went to Europe after five weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were picking up my daughter from Barcelona, and then we traveled to France and then um, went to England. And, um, you know, that was a really great experience. Um, I, you know, walking. They, from day one, they wanted me walking. So that's what I did. And I had two bag carriers with me, so I had no problems. <laughs> But using my arms and um, I had gone to physical therapy so I was still doing my exercises and um, so it was great. It was a great distraction. I would highly recommend anyone who goes through a uh, major surgery to to, if they can, if you can even get away for a day or something you really look forward to, it's what got me through this was looking forward to this trip. I hadn't been to Europe in 14 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and so um, when I got back, I had to hunker down again. I had to get ready for another surgery. Mm-hmm. They were going to reopen me up, take out the um, expanders, which, you know, they had been pumping up. I was like Hans and Franz is what that called. Them. <laughs> and We'll you know, pump you up is what I said <laughs> to should the outside of the reconstruction surgeon's office. And, um, you know, they say, okay, how big do you want to be? And I said, "I'll be a 34B. Sounds good to me. That's what I think I am. Oh man, I was never a 34B. <laughs> I was never. I came on a, you know, like I, I get these, um, you know, once they got to the, you know, build up to a 34B, and then uh, when they did this transfer to the silicone, I was like, oh my gosh, like, no, I, my boobs are a lot better than they used to be. Let's just leave it at that. But you know, since then, um, I've just been. I uh, was released, I, well, I guess my, um, my reconstructive surgery was in August. It was the end of August, similar to, you know, almost exactly two months after, um, let see, July, August, no, three months after my original um, surgery. And so, um, you know, again, there was that downtime and not using your arms, but there was a quicker recovery. Um, and so, you know, considering that, you know, around September 1st, uh, was around my surgery. You look at it that way, and it was October, and by the middle of November, mm-hmm. they were um, they were going to allow me to start skiing again. Mm. And um, and well, I guess it was that I was allowed to go back and play a little tennis. I don't think I, I, I didn't ask about skiing, um, but uh, you know, um, it was just this process of just listening to my body. And um, so I uh, went out and hit a few balls, and it really tweaked me out. I, I felt really weird, and I thought, no, I'm going to wait. I waited another month before I did anything. They got continued walking every day, and, um, and then I started seeing. Um, and then they told me, you can't fall. Has anyone ever told you not to fall? <laughs> If someone tells you not to fall, all you think about is falling. You know, if I blogged about it, then everybody's worried about falling. They're like, you shouldn't go. You're going to fall. It's like, oh, don't say that. You know, I went out there I was freaking out. I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to fall. I was fine. And um, in March, I hiked to the top of Peak Six. I carried my own skis. I was seeing double blacks. I was all over the mountain again. So, you know, it was a really quick recovery, and I'm back to my normal life. So... I told you I would be long. No,
0: you're not long. That's very inspiring. You're on the journey listening to Susie Lindau's Boob Report. We'll be right back with Susie. You are on the journey, and it's time for our question of the week. The question of the week is this. When last did you check your vital parts to see how well they are doing? When last did you? check your vital parts to see how well they are doing. You've heard it said, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Here, it here said, laughter is approved. It is one of the best preventative medicines and it heals too. A good writer a solid surgeon of the mind knows to skillfully cut to the issue. Here is Susie Lindau.
1: When my kids were uh, growing up uh, and, and were getting into that territory when someone was going to have to give them the sex talk, mm-hmm. they begged dad, my, their dad to tell them. They said, please don't let mom do it. Please don't let mom do it. it will be so gross. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> So um, as a part of the WordPress community, the editors often will uh, send out a daily prompt. It's a great way if you're a new blogger to get involved with the community. And um, it was very ironic because I had a story that I hadn't written yet for the boob report but had wanted to, Mm -hmm. to write as a chapter. And it was on tattoos. And so the prompt was something like, Um, would you ever consider getting a tattoo? So I came up with the boob report, tips for Tats. I've never been a tattoo girl. My uncles and grandfather had their arms tattooed while serving in the military. From a distance, some give the appearance of a horrible wound. On closer inspection, the bloody scar transforms into a huge red rose, an eagle, or a cobra. I warned my children not to get them since they are difficult to remove and they look like a member of a motorcycle gang. When I received the call to come back for testing after a routine mammogram, I knew I was in for a wild ride. I've always faced adversity with a plan. That first day I came up with the idea of writing the boob report. I would never post, poor me, I have cancer, oh, stories. that's not how I felt and I didn't want to ruin my humor brand just because I had some major crap to go through. My mind raced into the future. What if I lose my hair? A few years ago, an older woman going through chemo rocked the wildest floral swim cap while shopping in the grocery store. I complimented her unique chapeau. I would have to be different. Boom! Sound of thought explosion I would get a tattoo on the back of my bald head that read Wild Rider. <laughs> Looking for inner strength, as I started my ordeal, I wanted to be badass. I wanted to be that girl who wore leather and kicked cancer's sorry butt. <laughs> Lucky for me, the results came in at stage one. No chemo, no radiation. Phew! Later when I mentioned my plan to my oncologist, he said, I would never have allowed you to get a tattoo during chemotherapy. (laughs) I would have resorted to henna. Now that's all behind me and I'm fully bionic after my double mastectomy, I've toyed with the tattoo idea. At this point, I won't opt for anything that could cause infection. Maybe someday I'll be in the grocery store and someone will say, nice tat. And underneath (laughs) it, I have wild rider. (laughs) <laughs> when when I was diagnosed April sixteenth
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this year on April seventeenth I was freshly pressed. And, you know, that's a huge blog um yes. blog um award and um I got just thousands of views over the weekend and it kinda of blew up. I still am getting views on it and it was two weeks ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and it you know, it's just weird how life just kinda um comes back. Right. And, and, and then I can look back and just see, wow, you know, I've gone through a ton of changes. But, um, okay, so getting back to um, my experience with my double boobectomy, I would like to just, you know, touch on just a couple things, right. one of which is really important for people to know, which is every, every single um, breast cancer has its own DNA. Mm. So that means I can't compare my cancer to anyone else's cancer. Mm. It's as unique as I am. Mm. And believe me, I am unique. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <you are. laughs> that's my family in front. So, you know, um, a lot of people want to say, Oh, well you had this and this lady had this, how come you you know, you you went through this and you can't do that, you know, mm. so that's something to understand also everybody's pain tolerance is different their bodies react differently to surgery Um, they'll have different doctors and different recommendations this is just my own journey i realize that a lot of people don't even want to tell anybody um that they were going through breast cancer it actually when i uh before i ever went through this i thought i would go through it privately if i had gone through it privately I don't I don't think I would be in in the mental shape that I'm in now. Mm. I mean honestly, I was laughing about I, I could laugh mm. every day. Every day I laughed while I went through this process. Beautiful. And and I think it was because of the support system that I had built through writing and through my friends and family and by being open about things and mm. kidding about things and in being able to laugh about about boobs and oh my gosh don't even get me started about nipples (laughs) I still have to do my nipple boob report Um, well give us a heads heads up
0: up on that give us I
1: will (laughs) and it's it's actually um, because they can um, they can do nipple tattoos and and they can actually give you a physical little bump you know so that you can be completed as as a woman me no I kind of like rocking the white t-shirt but that might change someday I, you know, who knows I, how I'll feel a few years from now, but at this point, I'm kind of looking forward to the summer okay. and being braless. So um, <laughs> anyway, but that was, you know, something I wanted to mention. Um, and, and I respect that other women opt for not having reconstruction. That is entirely a personal choice, and, and I really admire those people. The, the women who, who do that and you know they don't have these heavy things I mean I can feel them I feel them all the time I don't know if that will go away but um, I it, it's what was right for me The Journey is available free on iTunes Blog Talk Radio Rio Sports Radio and several of your favorite internet platforms download embed and share via any of the social media you love
0: it is a true pleasure to have humorist and blogger Susie Landau on the journey. Thank you so much, Susie. Her blog address is susielindau.com. Susie, S-U-S-I-E-L-I-N-D-A-U.com. SusieLindau.com. We'll have her back on the journey again. Let's call it the Susie Show when she returns. Then she'll be on the relationship section. So check that section out. You can find us on Stitcher too. Find us on your favorite platform. We're on several platforms. Visit thejourney.riosports.com. That's our home, thejourney.riosports.com. And don't forget, check out The Hunks I Dreamed, A Breed Beyond the Hero by Neville DiAngelo, available to you on audible.com, iTunes, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, in audio and digital formats. So enjoy. Send one to the ones you love.
2: See you next week.